Hey everybody, welcome back. Hi, this is Beyond Words. This is Felix and Al's podcast. I'm Al. And thanks for joining us. If this is your first time, welcome. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by our supporters at beyondwords.locals.com. Thank you to all of our supporters. If you would like to support this show, if you like it, if you appreciate it, and you want to contribute, you can find us there at beyondwords.locals.com for a nominal monthly contribution. You can support this show and have early access to episodes and secret private supporter-only episodes and all that jazz. So find us there, beyondwords.locals.com. Another way to support this podcast is if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please just pause right now and take one moment to hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. Uh, Any other platform like Spotify, you can follow the podcast and uh, get notifications for the podcast. That also really helps. So all this helps with algorithms to get this podcast out and available and seen for more people to join our community. Uh, So thank you. And this intro is going to be world record short. And let's just let's just get into it. Uh, Today we talked about, well, we went into UFOs again. Pretty exciting stuff. So uh, UFOs and many other uh, topics on this journey. Also talking about the journey of adjusting to a totally new life uh, that I'm currently going through. Uh, having moved from Peru to Berlin, Germany, a very drastic change. I'm in a totally new dimension now. And it's exciting and it also comes with its challenges. So uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. And here we go. Episode number 21, Beyond Words. some things with all our friends you know what i mean time and space they cannot stop what we're doing we're doing we're doing for you felix is there i am here across the world we're not very near but that's okay because we got the technology in our hands we can do whatever we please oh yeah yeah Sweet. It's a little tricky. We'll see how that turns out. If if you're listening, listeners, and you did not hear an intro song, it's because we tried, and it was just it just it's really hard. we're gonna have to we'll find a way. One way I think we can do it, Felix, uh, listeners, just so you know, Felix and I are now recording from 
opposite sides of the planet again. And I think one we could try if this did, didn't work is you pre-record the music and then I separately re record over it, like not live, but I just sing over it with your pre-recorded song. So it'll be a little different. Let's see, man. Well, cool. Cause that kind of gives me a, an opportunity to like even put in new tunes and like, it's cause it's hard when, I, when we're recording it. Cause I'm like listening to you <laughs> and you're funny. So it's like, it makes me laugh and then I get lost in your words versus playing the music. So I can never like play an instrument and sing together. I'm not bored. That. <laughs> well, that's my problem too, is I listen to myself while I'm doing it. And then I get, <laughs> I get caught up. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Good to see well, you. Man. We're in different dimensions again. Here we are and totally dude. These dimensions could not be more different. I got to tell you mm. it's wow. Very different dimensions. So I am now in Berlin, Deutschland, in the heart of Europe, in the heart of winter, and Oops. you are in the Sacred Valley, the beautiful Andes. Oh, yeah. In the heart of summer, where it's just starting to get like rainy. And, yeah, it was yeah, raining, it's huh? very different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what's it like there, man? What's it like in that dimension? Man, it's like I'm still settling into it. I think I, t I sent you a message like when I'd first gotten here or like after my first week, I've been here, I guess over two weeks now. Yeah, two weeks. Um, but man, my first week here was, was miserable, dude. I, I was like miserable. I was basically, I think I was in denial that this is where my life is going. And I wasn't accepting that I had to leave Peru because I, uh, obviously I've talked about it before. I love it there, you know, and I love Waran and I love you and all my friends there. And it was really, really hard to let go because this time it's, it's a little more like, it's more real than the previous times I left because this time it's like, I'm moving here. You know, I, we gave up our house there. Someone else took over the lease. So, so that first week I was just, um, yeah, I was pretty miserable and I was, kind of miserable towards Marta, my wife, just like not accepting that I'm here. And it's funny, man, even after all this kind of like personal work and on, on some level, I totally recognized that I was the one causing my misery here, you know, just by not accepting and not embracing being here and holding on to the past. Um, and I just was very unpleasant to be around and I was feeling sorry for myself. And it shifted, it shifted after a great conversation with Marta. Uh, she just kind of called me out on it. And so just, you know, in relationships, I don't know if you have ever experienced this with, with Safa, but sometimes like this tension will build up and, it'll just suck for a while until we just sit down and just let it out, just like express. And we did that and it just like opened everything up. So um, all this tension and unsaid things and my anger and frustration with being here, I just expressed it. And then I just started like running a lot. Uh, 
like I fell in love with running because running is what also is helping me with my sanity here. It's winter. It gets dark by like 4 PM. It's cold. So it's really easy to just be locked inside all day. It's also a pandemic. So going out and running and just like exercising in the park, like that was also my savior. So I'm between the running and the conversation with my wife, everything kind of shifted about a week ago. And now I'm, now I'm happy. Like I'm seeing the, also the, the blessings of being here. Like I'm super blessed to have lived where I did in Waran, the most beautiful place on earth. And now to be in this super amazing city, like as far as cities go, it's, it's one of my favorites. I mean, it's just so just super chill. Like the energy, the vibe here is really relaxed. It's not like a super stress, high stress city. I'm sure there, you can find that kind of energy here, but it's nothing like New York or other cities I've lived in. Um, so much green space, so many parks and amazing trees, just like big old Oak trees and, uh, um, and, uh, maple trees and uh linden all these trees these european trees you know and i've just been loving watching the trees and there's botanical gardens that we can still go to so we went and walked through it and um and they even had like san pedro cactus in the botanical garden that was cool um so Yeah, they have like a whole, we couldn't go inside like the the greenhouse thing, but they had this whole huge cactus desert area so we could look in through the window. And I'm pretty sure that I saw San Pedro or something very similar. Um, And so, yeah, man, I'm just embracing it. And we went to dinner with some friends. So knowing that there's great people here and we can still have friends here. And um, yeah, so it was just, really I'm, I'm a creature of habit the older i get and i just had such a routine in waran you know my routine of jujitsu three four times a week hanging out with you the podcast just like going for my run uh up in the mountain just like a really really comfortable routine i knew what where the market was i knew what to get even with the food i was eating so So I I just had to accept, like for me, it was a big process of just letting go and accepting and just opening myself up to this place. And for now I can say that it's, it's going well. So, and now I'm getting excited about our child coming. Like Marta just bought the first baby clothes, like they arrived in the mail. And so I like, I was looking at these baby clothes and it, it was just one of those moments like, holy shit, like, in in seven months we're gonna like have a baby wearing these clothes there's gonna be another living being in this house like so yeah so lots of big changes but it's exciting and it's going all right man i'm 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 i've let go of the past and i'm just embracing right now and i know that peru's there and you're there so can always come back you know I don't think the world is ending. I think we'll still be able to travel and all that. So, so yeah, dude, that's where I'm at. <laughs> wow. It's wow, quite, quite a ride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think from my perspective too, like having this opportunity to watch you through the entirety of this 
process because you know we would come and do podcasts together we'd see each other either at jujitsu or hanging out with each other and it's like seeing what it was doing to you and yeah there was like this aspect of like you know this this grieving period like you acknowledge you know and and I don't think we necessarily acknowledge that or I don't acknowledge that too in certain situations when I'm like transitioning from one place to another place it's like oh yeah like I'm leaving everything that was comfortable for me Mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing that that you're at this place now where you're good you know you're like you're thriving in it now yeah man i thank you and i think one thing that if i could sometimes you know life brings these challenges that really give me an opportunity to see or to see the fruits of all my labor in terms of just like personal work and tools and looking within and plant medicine and you know, in my last week when I, in Wadan in Peru, right before I left, like I really went through a grieving process. Like I was crying a lot. Um, and I think previously in my life, I, I probably would have avoided that or just denied that experience, but I just let it come up and like the tears were able to, to, to come out. And, and then the next step for me was just like letting go, but also through that experience, my first week here is just, it showed me so clearly too, that no matter where I go, man, my, my well-being is a choice. You know, I can either accept the present moment or fight it. And being in denial of being here isn't going to change the fact that I'm here now. And it was just, I had to shift my mindset about it. And and I just recognized through that, that I, there have been times in Peru where I was depressed and miserable and it's not the place, you know, I mean, sure. There are terrible places on earth that I wouldn't want to be, but, but in terms of this situation, it's not about the place. It's just about my internal state and what I'm accepting. And so it was really a journey of just accepting where I am and letting go. And yeah. So the, the tools of all these experiences came in handy, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's interesting right now for, for Safa and I, you know, Safa's currently traveling. She's in one Chaco and while she's away, I'm, I'm currently here working and doing my practices and we're both doing these elemental practices. I, I've talked about it on the other pod, uh, a later episode, but in these elemental practices, basically what we're doing is we're purifying these elements, these primary compounds that make up our system. And so she's, while she's traveling, she's working on this element of earth. And I'm a very earthy guy. Like I don't move a shitload. Like I, I eat a lot of food, like kind of steak and potatoes kind of guy. Um, I'm very comfortable with being in the same place with the same routine. And so like, I, I have a very strong familiar familiarity with, with earth. She doesn't, she's very uh, airy. And so we're these two polar opposites of each other. And so while she's away practicing this, you know, purifying her earth and coming more in touch with the balanced earth, you know, I'm here practicing air and it's funny, like, I'm starting to understand more of her mentality and this necessity for constant change. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't, she doesn't stay in one place long. She loves to travel tons. She, 
uh, doesn't like she sticks to her practices, but she always like finds an end to them and then does a new one. And so like, as I'm doing these practices and seeing air from an earth perspective, you know, initially it was very, it was terrifying to me. Like there was a lot of like, oh my God, air is like we're moving all the time. And it's like, I, I need something new and I got to get out and I got to, why are we traveling? I want to go to Asia or I don't know, something, something completely different, which was such a new sensation for me hmm. being so earthy. Cause I'm like, but I'm so happy here right now and now she's you know as she's doing this earth she's like she's she's saying to me like how how in the hell are you doing that how do you stay in that one place and feel comfortable she's like what i feel the sensation i feel when i start embracing earth is i feel like a prison and to Mm -hmm. me it's like when i'm when i'm in this stable grounded place it's like i feel like i'm hanging out on the couch like it's really comfortable. Uh-huh. And so, you know, what this is bringing to both of us as we're kind of discussing this and going through these practices, we're seeing the different, different elemental makeups in each person and where they're balanced and where that they are not balanced. And it's interesting because like astrologically, you're pretty, you're air, you're, you know, you're Gemini, mm-hmm. um, but you have these routines and these things that are like really comfortable. And I, and I wonder too, if like, through plant medicine, we've become more grounded in an earth, earth-like place, mm-hmm. which is why those practices and those routines are really comfortable for you. So yeah, yeah it's like now you're you're changing mm-hmm. elemental states. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's it. that. Firstly, that's really cool. I'd love to hear more about like what those practices are because, you know, astrologically, I'm also super airy, and but my wife Marta is water she's like cancer you know so uh, but i was also noticing that because i used to be very airy in that sense that i couldn't stay in one place for very long i got super antsy if i lived anywhere for too long um but i think a lot of that was actually related more to like trauma like you know just briefly like from my mother's death as a child, it led to me having a really hard time committing to anything in my life, to any place, just like jumping around from place to place. But I'm not sure if it's just like now that I'm aging or if I'm just tired of traveling, man, tired of moving around that now, like in the past year, this deep desire to just kind of be somewhere and, and, have roots. Like I've really felt that arise. And I don't know if it's a stage in my life or if I'm somehow more connected to that earth element. I I don't know what it is. And I I can say that I'm just like this year has been exhausting. I've traveled so much this year in these conditions of the pandemic. So Marta, she saw like a cheap ticket to, um, the Canary Islands from Berlin, you can get there for like a hundred Euro, like over new year's. Right. And it's wow. the Canary Islands. It's warm and everything. And, but I wasn't, I was like, no, nah, I'm not really excited about that idea. I'd, I'm tired of traveling. And it's not like even the Canary Islands There's still Corona. There's still restrictions and all that. So, but anyway, I don't know what it is actually, if it is plant medicine, I mean, tobacco has a very grounding aspect to it. 
And I think all that work with tobacco and all the diets certainly have brought that, uh, where I feel a bit more settled where I am. But, but I think for me, it's also just a different phase of my life. Like now I'm just more wanting to have my place. <laughs> I'm tired of moving around, man. Yeah. Really am. That's what, that's another reason it was so hard to leave Peru because I really, it was embracing that place. And I think the timing of leaving when I'm just entering this phase of wanting roots was difficult, you know? So yeah. How, what, like what practice do, are you doing to connect with the air element? Um, well, you know, I think maybe I'll do a longer course on the locals page uh, for everyone so they can see the total practice because basically you want to do uh, from the top down. So we start with space, then we go into air, and then we go into fire, uh, water, and then earth. Um, but the air practice is really interesting because it relates to the total opening of the chest. And do you want me to demonstrate it? Would you like to see yeah. it? I mean, we have the we have video now, so. Uh, so what you do is you take a really big inhale through your nose, you hold it, you're going to punch out with your right arm and turn it counterclockwise five times, big, big, like a helicopter. Keep holding your breath, left arm punches out, turns clockwise five times, and you rotate your right shoulder five times, left shoulder five times, all while holding your breath. and then a big exhale and so what this huh i mean that's a a very brief description of what what it does um i mean it, and it feels absolutely incredible and it's interesting because what he shares what this rinpoche shares as he talks about this practice he's, he's he's like don't focus on the blockage he says focus more on the opening the spaces that are more open and concentrate on those and I mean, I think a lot of us, as we do medicine work, we're like, I'm blocked here. I got this trauma. I got this wall. I got this thing. And it's like, I keep hitting all these things and I got to get through it. And we're so concentrated on the wall and we huh. don't realize there's a door right next to it and it's already open. And it's like, huh. that's actually really helped me and in, in just embodying that mindset period. And even in, in the healing work, like while I'm doing work right now, it's actually changed my work drastically. Like I, it's not so much of, I'm going to search for this bad thing that's blocking this person. It's like, I'm going to search for the places elementally where they're in balance and bring those back into balance. And as soon as I do those those blockages just dissolve, like they can't exist in a perfected air or a perfected earth or a perfected water. Um, so yeah, there's a whole series. There's there's about six different practices and I do them every day. Uh, and what's really interesting about air uh, is in air, when air is out of balance, we feel like a lack of progress. We feel blocked. We feel stopped. Um, but when air is balanced, we actually feel the progress in our life. We feel the progress of our spiritual practices. We feel the progress of like evolution, so to speak. And, you know, I, I love hearing ideas for certain things. It's like, I kind of have a skeptical mind too, when it comes to a lot of different practices, but the results I've seen from this have been so clear and so spot on wow. that I can't, I can't refute it. 
um, it's like jujitsu. Like you, over time, you're like, well, I actually, I'm really seeing progress in how I'm moving and how I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually choking people and staying safe or whatever. You know? mm-hmm. that, that's amazing, man. This is the same teacher you've been working with. Uh, this is through your, it's like a Rinpoche. He's a, a, and it's like an online course, isn't it? It is. Uh, this is from the Bun tradition, which is like kind of the shamanic tradition of Tibet. And uh, it's a whole course on elements. So you go through all the elements. Um, but there's like in each course, like from every element, there's at least like 30 little modules that you do. Mm-hmm. And they're just different practices that you can do throughout the day and different ways of connecting into these these elements. And man, like I wish I would have had this seven years ago when I started dieting with plants just because like, this is, I mean, this is the foundation of all things. This is the elements. Like, what yeah. else is, what, why am I, I'm trying to jump to a conclusion without knowing my elements. So yeah, it's, it's been really, it's incredible. I can awesome. really find benefit. And, and Scott's here now. So we have uh, our dear brother, Scott here in Wadan, and he's been doing it with me every day and he definitely like feels the changes from it. So Great, man. It's great to have a partner to practice it with too. Cause I know you and Safa do it, but yeah. Having Scott there. Is Scott doing jujitsu? Not yet. I guess he's, he's planning on it. Do you? Oh man. That's the, maybe the hardest part at this point is that's all. I mean, as far as I know, that's all closed probably at least until January, if not beyond like they're talking about another hard lockdown here where everything will be closed except for food and pharmacies. Uh, I guess, yeah, a lot of people are dying every day uh, in Berlin specifically. So from COVID. So yeah, I really miss jujitsu, man. That's the hardest part. And I don't know what to do other than I'm just, it's, I mean, my motivation, one of my motivations to stay in shape, like cardio and strength is, for jujitsu so that at least when I go back to jujitsu, I'll, I'll be in good shape for it, but there's really no way to, to really practice that by myself. Like I can watch videos and stuff and I can, you know, incorporate in my workout, like some of the like core work that it involves, you know, like, um, like, you know, triangle, like, you know, doing the triangle back and forth, but, but, uh, yeah, I really, I miss it, man. It's, it's really hard to not do that. <laughs> it's a big piece missing. So once I get you, you can't really like, you yeah. can't really grab Marta right now. And like, you know, no, she's too pregnant, man. I, I got to cut no, her some slack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once I can get that back in, then uh, I'll feel more complete here. But um, yeah, missing, missing, missing training. Are you training still? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm working right now. So my schedule has been a bit staggered, but like, yeah, yeah I, I still go. And cool. we're going to have, we have a group class today, today, Sunday. So I'll take oh, some yeah. pictures for you. And, yeah. 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 Tell everyone I say hi and I, yeah, I miss everyone. That's great. Group class. By the time I come back, there'll be like 40 people in that group class. It keeps growing. <laughs> it gets bigger every time. Well, I mean, Jason's, or, you know, leaving. we have somebody who's going to be heading. Yeah, he's going to be leaving. Um, you know, there's some people that are inconsistent with their time coming here. And 
which is, you know, it's, it's understandable. It's, it's, it's a big commitment. And some people get a bit afraid of getting injured. I know I'm one of those people. Yeah. Like, I, like, I want to keep training, so I don't want to get hurt, you know? <laughs> yeah, naturally. I mean, I was super afraid of that too, but I kind of had an epiphany through chase of like, I, I have a lot of say when I'm sparring, when we're rolling, I can really determine the pace and lower the chances of getting injured significantly just by not, if someone wants to go hard, I can just slow it down. You know what I mean? Like that was a really helpful realization that I don't have to go hard just because someone else is. Cause that's when people get hurt is when they're going, going hard. Right. Obviously there are freak accidents that can happen, but yeah. to really, to me, that's such a, powerful realization that is the definition of power in sparring is like to set the pace go slow man mm -hmm. uh but yeah i hear you man i don't want to get hurt either because i'm like i'm still my groin is still injured from july you know i'm just kind of living with it now <laughs> like it's still jeez oh, it's still uh yeah it's just still sore i'm stretching it and i think i just have to just i'm not going to stop exercising because i'll go nuts but uh, just trying to ease off the groin a bit, you know? <laughs> uh, but no, absolutely. I mean, that's my issue right now is my shoulders, like the, my shoulder blades. Same thing. It's like, I mean, it was kind of a freak accident. It's not, I don't blame anybody for it, you know, but yeah, it's like, I'm now I'm so cautious. Like when I roll with people, I, I'll immediately lay down and just go into, let them go into side body and just like, here you go. All right, go for it. Mm -hmm. Like we'll start here. I don't want to, I don't want to, fight for no reason in this place you know fight for position yeah great that's that's dude that's how you have longevity and you can train for the rest of your life is by chilling out you know exactly <laughs> yeah so i've had a lot of time here also to think about aliens man i mentioned it we talked a little bit about it in the last episode but um yeah i just wanted to like uh, read you know, these quotes from, I think in the past, in the past three or four years, there have been some really prominent people in high positions of power and who seem like authorities and who seem credible based on being scientists and government. And they're not the type of people that I would typically label as like, you know, wacky alien people. Like they're, they're pretty mainstream and and the last one was the israeli this israeli guy so um you remember this like it came out i think it was last week and um yeah do you do you mind if i read this man no please please do yeah all right yeah that way we can hear the article so this is from the New York, I mean, this was reported everywhere, but this is a New York Post article. And the title of the article is, Aliens in Hiding Until Mankind is Ready, says ex-Israeli space head. Space aliens have reached an agreement with the US government to stay mum on the experiments they conduct on Earth, as well as their secret base on Mars, until mankind is ready to accept them the former head of Israel's space program claimed in a new interview. Quote, the aliens have asked not to announce that they are here because humanity is not ready yet. 
Hayim Eshed told Israeli newspaper, uh, according to the Jewish press. The Jewish press, speculating that Eshed 87 may have gone to insanity and beyond, goes on to unspool his tangled web, which claims the involvement of President Trump in interplanetary diplomacy. Uh, he said, Trump was on the verge of revealing aliens existence, but the aliens in the Galactic Federation are saying, wait, let people calm down first. They don't want to start mass hysteria. They want to first make us sane and understanding. Until that day, aliens have secured an agreement to keep their moves under wraps, said Eshed, noting that the extraterrestri extraterrestrials come in peace. They have been waiting for humanity to evolve and reach a stage where we will generally understand what space and spaceships are. There's an agreement between the US government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here. They too are researching and trying to understand the whole fabric of the universe and they want us as helpers. Uh, he claims that one of the hubs of the cooperation is a base on Mars, where he claims American astronauts have already set foot. There's an underground base in the depths of Mars where their representatives are and also our American astronauts, he said. If I had come up with what I'm saying today, five years ago, I would have been hospitalized. Wherever I've gone with this in academia, they've said the man has lost his mind. Today, they're already talking differently though. I have nothing to lose. I've received my degrees and awards. I am respected in universities abroad where the trend is also changing. Uh, yeah, so that's that. So <laughs> whenever this shit comes out, man, I get excited. Like, could he just be crazy? Maybe. I love it. I've, yeah, but I don't know. But I, I think I think for the listeners, it's like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure most people these days are pretty open-minded to the, the prospect of other life forms, of advanced intelligence that lives in other galaxies. And I, totally. and I think it's, I mean, on a very, very simple scale, it's like, okay, we're one planet in a, in a small uh, solar system with nine other planets or eight other planets, whatever you want to call Pluto. And we're just one drop of a solar system within an absolutely infinitely vast space with infinite stars, with infinite planets. Like, it's, it's so arrogant and ignorant to believe that we are the only life forms, you know? And I, and I think that that mindset bleeds down. And this is where like a lot of people become very cruel to animal, cruel to animals, mm -hmm. um, cruel to other humans. Like you just, you think you're the center of the universe and that's all that there is. And man, there are so many things that we do not know about this universe. And so it, it, it's interesting because like, you know, aliens and this idea of aliens or, or extraterrestrial beings is, is a very, it's a fringe idea still, even the age of 2020, like there is people, you know, there are people who, as soon as you start talking about aliens, they're like, oh, okay, conspiracy. All right. Yeah, but less and less, right? Getting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. But, but right. like when the New York Times released that, article like i think it was 2017 interviewing an air force pilot several pilots who saw those tic tac you know you've seen that video 
Like yeah. listeners, if you just go on YouTube and look up uh, Tic Tac UFO, US Navy or Air Force, whatever, but that was the New York Times. I'll post it in the comments. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. Comments and that video was crazy, man. And so that's mainstream. And then I don't know if you listened to the Joe Rogan episode. It was like a few weeks ago uh, with this guy, Jacques Vallée and James Fox. It was like a three hour episode uh, about, they talked about UFOs and like, these guys are, are, are journalists and researchers. And this French guy, Jacques Vallée has been on the UFO hunt for like, I don't know, 30, 40 years. And they talked about Roswell. They talked about all these different events and, and, this guy, James Fox made this, um, made this movie, uh, this documentary that came out recently. I downloaded it. Uh, it's called the phenomenon and dude, mm. there's some crazy, crazy stuff in there. So something that I never even knew about, uh, it was in like, I think night in the nineties, late nineties in Africa, in Zimbabwe, uh, there was apparently an alien spacecraft landed uh, outside of this school. And, and so there were like a hundred children who all witnessed the same thing. And this alien spacecraft, like landed, like landed outside the school in the, like in the fields. And these beings had come out of the craft and they were standing there and the kids were standing there and they were just staring at each other. And these beings like, like what's really interesting and these guys shared on Joe Rogan's podcast is that all the reports of alien contact, everyone pretty much describes the same beings. They're like these child, child, like the height of a child, they kind of look like children and they have big eyes, you know, and like super skinny limbs. And, uh, uh, and so these kids, they all saw the same thing. They all drew pictures and they were the same. And they all, they were interviewed at the time and, you know, watching these interviews, you can tell they they were kind of traumatized. And when they were talking about it, you could tell they weren't lying. This was like legit. And in the documentary, he went back and interviewed them like now. So like 20, 30 years later, and they're still talk about it. Like it was this, the most significant event in their life. And they remember it so clearly. And, uh, they, they, and they all got the same message from the aliens they said that they were communicating telepathically and the message was these aliens to these children. The message was um, you're like, you have to be really careful with your technology. It's going to destroy you. That's what they said to the children. So for some reason, that particular footage in this documentary and like that, those testimonials from these kids and then later, as they're adults, like it just feels so real, man. They, they couldn't have made this shit up. Um, but yeah. So I just find it firstly really interesting that everyone who reports seeing these beings, at least the more legitimate reports, they see the same kind of beings. Like it's this one specific type. It's kind of the, the stereotypical alien with the big eyes and the like kind of trying like the oval triangle head, you know, the typical alien, kind of like the alien emoji that you would find on your, like in a chat, like there's an alien emoji that looks just like that particular alien that, that all these people see. So that stuff just gets me super excited, man. Just pondering that. And, and this guy, Jacques Vallée, this French uh, journalist, um, he, you know, he believes that 
we're not necessarily dealing with these intergalactic travelers that are traveling from, you know, trillions of miles away in space, but he sees it more of interdimensional travelers that, that, that they're able to come into our dimension, um, this, you know, fourth dimension, but they operate beyond that. And so they appear here, but it's not necessarily that they're traveling great distances. It's more that they're, that they're coming into this dimension. And to me, that makes total sense. Um, so yeah, man, I'm just super excited about this stuff. I, I think part of me wants it to be so true. I want it to be true. I want, I would love benevolent aliens to come and just like help us, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, help humanity huh. just get out of the insanity that we're in as a species and just start to see clearly, like point some shit out because sometimes you need, you know, if I'm acting like an asshole, sometimes I need my friend or my wife to tell me, to point it out, to call me out on something, some behavior. Well, maybe we as a species, we need the same thing because if we call each other out, it doesn't carry as much weight as if some like alien species is like, you guys, you guys are being retarded, you know, like <laughs> stop, stop this nonsense, uh, stop canceling each other and stop banning each other from, from Facebook. <laughs> stop focusing on these smaller things. Yeah. Well, that yeah. makes me wonder, you know, like, I, I think this, this whole year, 2020 has been such an interesting year. And not only the fact that we're coming into this, this planetary alignment with Saturn and Jupiter that only happens once eight, every 800 years, but also like this whole virus thing. You know, I don't know if you remember in an earlier episode, I, I talked about how Safa's teacher spoke about coronavirus and how coronavirus was here to bring humility to humanity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wonder, like, I've thought about this quite often, like with a super intelligent civilization, would they interact with us? Well, unfortunately, no you know, initially until we get our shit together, like you said, but they wouldn't because, because of our behavior, like there's a great talk of uh, Bill Hicks, a, a comedy sketch. And he went down to Fife, Alabama. And in Fife, Alabama, it's got like one little private airport. That's also like a tire center and a bunch of like a, a, a restaurant. And he said uh, when he was there, he saw in the newspaper that they saw a UFO. And so a bunch of people went out to this UFO sighting with shotguns. They were armed. You know, yeah, they were they typical. Were, and, and he, you know, Bill Hicks was just blown away of like, why would you go to a, a UFO sighting armed? You know, I think at that point, wouldn't we be like, okay, maybe we don't know everything and put everything down and see what they have to say. Um, you know, they've, they've obviously come to a, a higher degree of, of evolution through whatever, uh, whatever means. And yeah. And I, I wonder what kind of mind expansion or heart expansion it would take to actually start transitioning through those realms. Now, another interesting thing is like with, with extraterrestrials is that, um, the Incans talked a lot about extraterrestrials. They called them the sky brothers and sisters, uh, uh native Americans, 
also talked a lot about the Sky Brothers and Sisters, the Star Brothers and Sisters. Um, they knew that there were these other beings. And, and there were some, I'm going to be careful about this because I'm going to have to really dig and find this, but there's some stories of, of the shamans within their culture that had the capacity to travel to these places as well. You know, and I think a lot of um, modern understanding is like we have this like very cut and dry, like our rockets only go this far. This technology can only go this far, you know, like what is outside of our sphere of the known or the scientifically proven is false. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that over time, people are expanding their, their thought processes. They're expanding their mental capacities to start embracing things that are alien, things that are completely unknown to reality. Um, I've, I've seen UFOs. Yeah, Have too. you ever seen a UFO? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. They're just unbelievable. Totally. And I, you know, that's really interesting what you bring up is that these indigenous cultures, like they could travel there because uh, to me, I think it's possible to encounter these beings. You don't need to build a spaceship, you know, it's all through the mind. And so to someone who's never had any psychedelic experiences, what, what, what I'm about to say, they might just label me as, yeah, that was just drugs. You were being crazy. But to me, it was super real. One of the times I saw, definitely saw UFOs was I happened to have had some LSD. Okay. So, so to someone who's never had these substances, I can see how easy it is to just say that was just a hallucination. But to those who've had these substances and who have maybe had some a significant amount of experience, you know, that experience where you have vision, you, you see, and there's no way in hell that your, your mind could fabricate what you're seeing because it's, it's so perfect. It's so, it just feels so real. It's, and in my LSD experience, I was at a music festival and I was looking at the sky and I saw these like, like craft, alien craft coming in and out of this dimension. And the way I see it is that that substance basically opened my awareness, opened my consciousness to be able to see past the veil that separates us from some other dimension that is superimposed. Like, you know, these dimensions are all stacked. And I was, the veil was lifted briefly. And so, and I was seeing whatever these crafts were that were kind of straddling the line between our dimension and some other dimension. And I was seeing them and the way that they were appearing, it was, it's so hard to explain, but it was just uh, like geometric patterns emerging into, into my view and then zoning out, like emerging out of it. And they would come from different parts of the sky. It was fucking, it was amazing, right? It was like, and to me, ever since then, whenever someone says that, you know, UFOs could just be here all the time, they're just in a different dimension of this, you know, they don't have to travel billions of miles. They just 
come into this dimension. And I love the idea too. Like there was one theory that I, I forget who shared this, something I listened to recently is that essentially, um, so there are infinite versions of reality happening at all times, right? Like there's some other reality where you and I are recording this podcast, but, um, but you have black hair and I'm wearing sunglasses, like every possibility, right? And that there is some, somewhere along the way, our reality branched from some other reality and somehow in that reality, we evolved to look like, to, we evolved to be able to travel interdimensionally. And now we're visiting ourselves, uh, maybe trying to help this reality. I'm not sure, but, and also the theory that these aliens, that ever, the, the one that's most commonly seen, the gray with the big eyes is actually human beings much further down the path of evolution. Because if you extrapolate what we've evolved from, if that's indeed what has happened, if we've evolved from, you know, Neanderthals or monkeys, whatever the case, if, if you keep extrapolating that, then we keep shrinking, we keep losing muscle mass, like our heads grow even more, our brain gets bigger. So it could be us from the future, <laughs> like visiting ourselves, you know, I, I just love to play with all these possibilities and I know that I might never know, but um, I would also love that in my lifetime that just something big just drops, you know, that we just get a, a definite communication or interaction. Um, I think that could be really just super interesting. <laughs> it would obviously change the course of, of, of history, obviously. So what do you think it well, is? Well, there's a, a, a really incredible... Well, I'll answer that. Yeah. But there's there's also this uh, incredible man by the name of Doctor Stephen Greer. Oh uh, yeah, I've heard of him. Uh, he. Dr. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, but he he compiled a bunch of research and he found a way to start communicating with these extraterrestrial craft. Um, one through meditation. Um through you know uh lasers they found a way to like signal them through lasers uh they found a way to bilocate not bilocate but um astral project themselves in space jesus <laughs> and <laughs> and uh yeah so he's he's compiled all these incredible books uh he's did a couple of documentaries so i definitely recommend the listeners check out dr stephen greer uh g-r-e-e-r -E -E so what do I think they are? Yeah, it's hard because, you know, the Western mind, again, once there's a chemical substance involved in the expansion of the mind, it's disregarded or, or put off as a, as a uh, hallucinogenic experience. And, you know, even that word hallucinogen is, is quite, it's almost derogatory, I feel, towards plant medicine because it starts discrediting genuine experiences of pure love, of pure emotion, of pure uh, knowledge that can come through or wisdom. Uh, I definitely think that, you know, I, I agree. There's a part of me that thinks that these are, they could potentially be us 
from the future, just coming back to ourselves. You know, they're, you know, that voice that we have in our head, that fifth dimension, this thing that's talking. I wonder if that's just them. <laughs> you know, not like aliens are in my head, but, um, you know, it's like we have this idea of the spirit or the soul. Like, what really is this being that is mm-hmm. existing beyond the bounds of the human experience? So it's hard to say what they are, but I think that's a really important question. Um, as long you know, and Terrence McKenna had another question with with extraterrestrials. He says, well, what are they doing? You know, what are they doing here? Why do they show us their crafts in the sky? Why are there crop circles? Why, you know, why are they doing these things? And one of his theories was, he's like, I think they're sowing doubt into the scientific communities because there's something so far beyond the explanation of modern science and modern psychology that they start to bend, that that doubt is important. I think we need that doubt in these structures of, of knowledge of what we think this world is. Um, and man, I've had a lot of experiences in plant medicines of meeting beings that don't necessarily come from here. You know, they may not be from earth. Um, you know, and those experiences are, there's, there's like a a variety of visions. And I think this should be understood too. It's like, even the people that they talk about this as well, there's like different types of visions. You can have visions which are just like you're hallucinating, which you can just see a bunch of colors and it's really geometric and it's flashy and it's really pretty. And then there's these true visions and they call them true visions. That's actually how they describe them. And these true visions are almost like a full body, full mental, full being experience. And it's like it's like those dreams that you have that are more real than the reality that you live in. And you know, in some of those experiences where I've had these true visions, you know, there are opportunities to communicate with beings that, whether they're plant spirits or whether they're, you know, beings from another dimension, I'm not sure. I didn't ask him that question. We were talking about things that were not even related to that. So it's like, you know, in, in my mind, there's absolutely no doubt about extraterrestrial life uh, or extra dimensional life. Um, especially meeting plant spirits. I think that's, that's just the clearest thing. And I, I cannot refute plant spirits at this stage. Like really, they're, they're just sure. as real as you and totally. me talking to each other right now. So it's like, <laughs> I like that, but that, these, these extra, okay. that word extra dimensional, that's instead of extraterrestrial, extra dimensional go on. But I like that the way to frame it that way. Oh uh, yeah. I, Cause that, that makes the most sense to me. It's like, of course they're able to bend gravity and, you know, travel a thousand kilometers an hour in this direction. And then a thousand kilometers in the opposite direction without stopping and like changing without the force of gravity. And this is something that was reported in some of those, those air force, uh, pilots, uh, testimonials. Mm -hmm. So yeah, of course they can do that because that dimension of space and time doesn't actually even exist for them. They're bending that totally and entirely. So why wouldn't a a plant medicine that bends our mind into places where, you know, time is elongated, where dimensions are elongated, where space is very different, how would that not allow us to communicate with beings that are not from this dimension? Yeah. And how do you even, because couldn't you even 
say that plant spirits, like when you interact with plant doctors, they're also not from this dimension, like this physical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, it's all the same thing. I mean, it's all extra dimensional <laughs> beings and it just seems like there's one type or there's a few types that people have seen and we call them aliens, but, but who knows, man, that's really interesting. Um, and do, do Shipibos or at least your teacher, I mean, have you ever heard them share about what they think of? Cause I, I, I know Shipibos often hear from, especially Westerners, they'll talk about in their ceremony, they saw aliens or UFOs, like what, have you ever heard their interpretation of that or, or their, their view on that? I mean, mainly they just say that's plant spirits. Like we just said, they do, like, that's right. just plant spirits, you know, and, and that may just be the way they have the words for those things. Sure. And and it's like, it's like to us, like what's the most comfortable way to say that we're seeing a vision is hallucinating, you know, for them, it's the most comfortable thing to say it's a plant spirit, but they do, they know of beings from other worlds. They know of beings, you know, they do talk about them. So, yeah, you know, it's not, yeah. And I, and I don't, I think the biggest challenge and the leap in these extraterrestrial beings making contact with us is that 90% of, or not nine, I don't, I don't know, maybe 40% of the population is still terrified of the idea of extraterrestrials have this idea that there'll be like war of the worlds kind of thing. Yeah. You're right. Um, They've watched and, independence and, day. <laughs> and if there's a, if there's a being that can read your mind, why would it want to come talk to you? If you think it's going to kill you, <laughs> mm-hmm. it wouldn't want to scare you. <laughs> true. True. And also to me, another kind of, evidence that they're they're traveling interdimensionally they're not traveling through space is that like the amount of energy that it takes to travel through space so if you're going to travel and the amount of time even if you're traveling at super high speeds like an advanced species isn't going to worry about that they're just going to bend space and time and and work interdimensionally it just makes a lot more sense (laughs) it doesn't require so much you know input energetically it's a lot more efficient to just bend space and time to just travel that way you know what i mean (laughs) i don't know one thing i hope that that we we start to embrace too is like you know there's this idea i don't know if you've ever seen the meme of like a fish bowl in the ocean and there's a fish, a goldfish inside. And then there's a fish in the ocean. And they related, this meme is relating to religion. Like this is religion and this is spirituality. You know, that's also within the realm of possibilities of ideas. It's like, even for, for us, you know, people who do take psychedelics and try to expand our mind, we're still in a fishbowl, maybe a bit different than another person's fishbowl, but we're still within this realm of what we know in this realm of what we consider to be possible. And there's things that are so far outside of that boundary mm-hmm. that we don't even know that we don't know it. Mm-hmm. And just the, those, those kind of ideas are, are the ones that I hope to start tapping into is like, um, you know, with spiritual practice or with plant medicine, it's like, how, how can I start to understand things that I don't even know that I don't know? Mm-hmm. You know? And cause that's where we're going to learn some interesting things. What you don't know that you don't know. 
Totally. That's where we get out of our, our cage essentially. Because I think a lot of what we do is just expand the size of the cage, you know, like it gets bigger and bigger in terms of what we know, but I, I totally get you, man. Very interesting stuff. I just lately, I've just been pondering this so much. Um, and it also brings me just a feeling of that a lot of my petty concerns aren't that important. It helps put things in perspective when I just really ponder not just aliens, but just these exercises of considering our place in the universe and our place in time and where we come from. I've been thinking a lot about this too. I mean, I always think about this stuff, but just what we are, like what, what are we, <laughs> where do we come from? Are we designed, you know, specifically, are we designed by some other being, you know, are we evolved? Like what, all these questions, man, um, they, they, there's a therapeutic value to them as well to just really ponder these bigger questions. And, um, and it helps to kind of get me out of the little story of little me who didn't want to leave Peru and blah, 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 you know, because it's just stories in my head and it keeps me trapped in like a small sense of myself. And when I start to consider these bigger questions, it helps to get me out of that because it's not, it doesn't really go anywhere. You know, it's, it's just stories that trap me and keep me engaged in the little story about myself and who I am and blah, blah, blah like little me. So, so perhaps a lot of recently that I've been pondering these topics too, is it just like has helped me to kind of get out of my personal drama, you know? And I imagine too, a super advanced alien race would just look at us and they would see that we, so much of our like entered fighting as a species, as a human species, it's, it has nothing to do with anything real. It's just, we're fighting over stories, like stories in our head, nothing else. Most of these battles and we're just, yeah, we're fighting for a story and it, it has no actual real value in terms of it doesn't, it doesn't exist except for in our heads, you know? So I think about that sometimes just seeing that we're, we're just going around, we're going through life caught up in whatever our story is. And it's not even real. And it just, and we're just trapped in it and we're fighting for it desperately. I don't think interdimensional alien or interdimensional travelers are really caught up in their little ego stories. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think they're, they're, they're seeing uh, bigger picture stuff. So at least that's what I want well, to believe. I, I really like that. That's like, that's an incredible thing. And I think that's where <clears throat> psychedelics have the possibility and the potential of healing us is because, you know, a lot of our problems are just this, this little world that we've spun out right here mm -hmm. that, that aren't even necessarily even pertinent to anything. No, you know, and then we put so much weight in them and then they actually become 
an illness or they become um, depression or anxiety or all these things. And it's like, we put so much weight in this little bubble of falsity. And once we take psychedelics, it just bends us outside of this thing. Not always, but it can bend us all the way outside of it or bring us straight through it to give us this whole new perspective on it. And man, if I were an interdimensional traveler and I saw that people were worried about, you know, who's going to win the election, I'd be like, wow, I'm not going to stop there for too long. It doesn't seem like they're ready to, to start exploring and seeing what the rest of the universe is about. And, you know, and I, and I wonder, you know, like, I really believe that there are no accidents. And I wonder, like, with this virus that's here, I wonder if this is cleaning our, our smaller mind, our mind that gets trapped in this, oh, I'm fucked, or, you know, like, we're all trapped, and this is it. And, and it, it just, it's like a psychedelic in the sense that it's hammering us in, I can sit here and watch Netflix every single day and be trapped in my house. Or I can do something with this opportunity and expand outside of myself to see what's beyond the limits of my, my small being. And, and I think we're all going to find that in our own way, you know, through this process of coronavirus, whether it's, you know, we're trapped, we run out of money, and then we realize that, you know, we're facing a really big crisis internally and externally. And yeah, I think the biggest crisis right now is the internal crisis of like you said, like I'm stuck in this story. I'm stuck in this cycle of, oh man, I don't have money and I don't have this and I don't have a 52 inch flat screen TV with all the channels, you know, like, man, I, I love, I would love to consider the possibility that we finally make contact with extraterrestrial beings or extra dimensional beings. And that they say, okay, like you, you've passed this level of school. Now it's time for us to show you what university is like. And what this larger spectrum of existence can be and the meaning of that. Mm. Like those, those ideas are much more fun than who won the presidency. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I read online too is some people think that, so this Israeli guy and, and previous before him, there, there was comments by the Canadian defense minister about different types of aliens that exist and, and then so these conspiracy th theory people, they, they're saying that none of that's true, that these guys are just coming out because they're part of the New World Order cabal. It's part of their plan to, to make us believe that a New World Order and one world government are necessary because the aliens are telling us so, essentially, or because... Like that they're going to even fake, there's going to be like a fake alien arrival and, and they're going to fake the whole thing to convince humanity that we need to uh, form a one world government and that we all need to listen to this single new world order. I mean, this is way out there, right? This is like shit you'll find in the, in the dark corners of Reddit. But um, uh, I found that interesting, but, but, but it is true on one hand. I mean, you and I have talked a little bit about um, governments and personal freedom and, um, and it's true. If, if I consider what would, what would a super advanced like extraterrestrial race of beings look like if they lived on a planet, 
would they look like us where the planet is divided into these different competing territories that fight each other and argue over things? Or would they all be united with like one singular kind of vision? I, I, to me, the more advanced race sounds like one that's united with a singular kind of vision that they all work towards and they work together to achieve it, which is actually kind of like a utopian communistic communism structure. If communism really worked and everyone believed in it and they all work towards the same achievement, that's kind of what the super advanced alien species looks like in my mind in terms of one united planet, one united species dropping all their bullshit and their qualms, like they're way beyond that. And they're just like, they know their role and they work towards whatever it is, bringing about interdimensional travel. So I found that actually really interesting because I really, on one hand, like I have this huge aversion to the idea of like a one world government, some distant central power determining the fate of you and I all over the world, you know, and, and that we lose our personal freedom to determine the course of our life. But at the same time, now I think, but maybe it, could it be like in our destiny, if, if we're truly going to unite as a species, as a, as a race of beings that, but maybe that wouldn't require a central government. We would just all be united and we would know what to do and we wouldn't have to someone have someone policing us. You know what I mean? But, but it's interesting that it kind of looks like it could lead to that lead to a single united human race. Um, so I don't know. I just think that's another interesting consideration. It's like, ah, oh, well, it kind of looks like communism in a way, <laughs> but it's not because it's not forced. You know, it's the idea that we would all individually be evolved enough to let go of our differences and bullshit and just like work towards the same thing because we believe in it, not because we're policed into it or we're required to or we're threatened to do it. You know, in a super advanced alien race, I see them all working together, but not because they're they're forced to or they're policed into doing it, but they're just doing it because they're just totally realized as a species, like who they are and what they can do and they you know, so anyway. <laughs> well, I think the challenge in that too, cause you're right. I mean, if that, if an extraterrestrial civilization makes contact with us, that means we're not going to be recognized as the U S or as Canada or right. as the middle East, we're going to be recognized as a planet, a planetary system. And what's really interesting. I don't know if you've heard of the, the types of civilizations, like the levels of civilizations, so there, yeah. we're, we're still considered uh, a type zero civilization. Oh, that sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even made it to a type one civilization. And within a type zero civilization, we don't know how to travel uh, within our planetary system. We still are fighting amongst ourselves on our planet. We still think we're divided. And we have not united as a, as a planetary race for the benefit of humanity or the, the Earth. A type one civilization has done that and they are able to travel within their, their solar system. They're able to, to utilize completely free, unlimited energy. And so the fact that we're still a type zero civilization is kind of like when you're in school and you haven't finished your homework and the whole class has, and they get to turn it in early and get extra credit. And you're still sitting there like, 
<clears throat> trying to figure out how to finish this before the class is over. And <clears throat> yeah, I think the challenge in that is, yeah, that I think there is some fear that of the banner in which we unite a planet under. And like, uh -huh. what does that look like? Because I think there's still corruption within the mind of man. And I think, you know, a lot of 2020 has been revealing that <clears throat> this is why the the elite pedophile groups are coming to 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 light this is why like even here in peru they keep getting rid of presidents and putting new ones in because they are tired of the corruption like corruption is so apparent right now that it's like the purge it's like right before you vomit in ayahuasca you're usually there's this sense of like oh i said that person's an asshole and now i feel like an asshole oh, and then i puke you know, I see this corruption that's within my energetic system. And yeah, I think it, there's a necessary step to remove the egoic aspect of you, uh, unification. And that's, that's, a, that's the biggest challenge I think we face right now is, yeah, because the first question that comes to unification, well, what are we unifying under? Right. And, and who's doing the unifying? Exactly. Like, is somebody who's leading doing that? that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, maybe these aliens are visiting us because they're jealous. Maybe they, they come from a super advanced alien species where there's no individuation, like nobody gets to experience free will and um, live their own story. And maybe they're so advanced that they just have a hive mind and they're all connected to the one mind. And so, of course, they all work together, but they don't get to experience what it means to be an individual self that, that has a name and that has its own ideas in it. And that even has to, even the struggle of that and the struggle of living out the smaller aspects of our story and our little me, you know, uh, dramas, but that's also maybe if there's all these different schools that we can show up to as a being, you know, maybe this school of earth, that's, that's what it is. That's the, that's what makes it special and unique is that we have these individual experiences and we have this free will. And uh, so maybe we're not on a path to uniting under one banner and advancing to the point of like, why should, that's another thing It's that, some people think that the ideal state of humanity is this, that we're all united and we're all believe in the same thing and we all unite and it's all love and amazing. But why does that have to be the, the ideal? Like, I don't know if that's ideal. Maybe the ideal state of humanity is that we're all ourselves and we have different ideas and different values, but the 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 most elevated state of that is that we respect everybody you know we let to each their own essentially like we live in a in a free will world and we can all just like be ourselves and create our reality and have our communities but we don't have to do it all the same way we get to play around and like do it differently all within the same planet you know Maybe that's the gift of being human. Like it doesn't have to be this, that we all somehow come together. Maybe that's just not possible. And maybe it's not meant to be. Maybe we're here to just 
like do our thing uh, individually and find our own ways and have smaller communities that, you know, with people that have the same values, but we don't have to all unite. You know, maybe that's not the point. I don't know if there is a point, but, but it doesn't have to look like that. You know what I mean? That's, that's the biggest question, right? Is like, is there a point? <laughs> I, well, I remember, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember having a very, 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 very long philosophical discussion with Safa about whether there's a point or not. And it was just, it was wild because for every argument of whether there's a point or not, there was a counter argument. But I, I like, I like the fun idea of, of this idea of different schools of, of learning. And, and I really, really felt the words you were saying and that, yeah, I mean, this, our school has a very unique flavor to it. And I wonder if every school really does. And I think within this school, like of life, we have so many opportunities to, to be anything. And I think the biggest issue with those opportunities is we don't, we don't actually jump on those opportunities as far as like, wow, I literally see the infinite potential of myself, but I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch YouTube about motorcycles all day, you know, and, but we have that choice, that choice, that freedom to actually do that. And that's still a part of our school. We're still in school. There's no aspect that is outside of this realm of school. And I think that the soul, no matter what, is still in school. You know, eventually maybe the bell rings and we get into the hallways, which is when we die, but we still have to go back to class. Mm -hmm. so. so this is just one class in a long day of school. <laughs> and man, you know, like, there's this, this effect that comes with plant medicine where time disappears completely. And there's this experience of, you know, timelessness or infinite space and time, so forth and so on. And within that infinite space and time, it's often that it's like, we can look back into our life and see how short it really is and like how small it is. But within the experience of life itself, it is such a drawn out, long process of aging, of learning, of forgetting, of, you know, fighting of this whole drama. But it's like this big when we look at the scale of, of the universe. And it's, it's so fascinating, like day by day, when I put that framework over top of, of my life, like you just said, like when you think about these, these grander things it's therapeutic. It, it, it relieves this, this pressure of the individual eye of my current day. I should be doing something with my life. I should be doing grand things and having million dollar companies and flying around the world. And it's like, well, actually, I think I'm already in that. I'm in what I should be doing mm -hmm. and, and I'm loving it. Yeah. That's a huge, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a big theme for me because I've suffered for a lot of my life with FOMO, no matter what I was doing, it was so hard for me to make any choice because every choice I viewed it as I'm giving up something else. Like, so if I go live here, then I'm giving up here. And so I'm losing something. It was always viewed of like what I'm giving up. It's impossible. It's an impossible situation because 
every time we make a choice, we have to, we're giving up the other possibilities. But it actually led me to being quite paralyzed for a lot of my life in terms of like inability to make choices. And um, so I don't know where I was going with this, just having a, a blank in my mind right now. But um, can, yeah, what, wait, where? <laughs> Well, you, well, well, it's like with that, you know, that possibility of choices, like you can't make a mistake. Yes. Thank you. Okay, and I yes. think that's where we get stuck. Yeah, exactly. And just lately in my life, and this was part of my process when we moved here and accepting being here, it's just, that's exactly it. Like I have the choice to either be be attached to some other version of my life that's not the one that I'm currently living and you know the shoulda woulda coulda game or I could be doing this and that or I used to do this and that that's a choice or I can make the choice to say yeah this is my life like this is it it's not some idea of what I'm going to become or what it's going to look like or what it could have looked like like that's regret terrible path to go down uh this is it like so just see the infinite beauty of exactly our life as it is there's so much content so no matter where i live no matter who i'm married to no matter what happens like this is it this is my life and so that's a big part of my journey is just embracing that embracing it for what it is because it's impossible for anyone's life to look like what they think it's going to look like. <laughs> you just can't, you can't match it. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's, that's a really important choice. I'm glad you brought that up is just making the choice that this is, this is my life and embrace it. <laughs> And the, the, the thing that is funny for me personally is like, I have to keep reminding myself that there isn't a pause button on this, this massive game. You know, there isn't a, a way to take a time out from life. Like it's literally seamlessly continuing and seamlessly a part of everything that I'm doing, whether it's I'm daydreaming or whether it's I'm here doing something physical and tangible. It's like, I am still in it. And I think that's where this massive responsibility actually comes back onto our shoulders because you know, I have a really great example. I remember when I first moved out of my house, my parents' home, I was 17 and I wasn't paying taxes, but I had a job. Uh, I had a rent to pay, but I wasn't very good at paying that. And it's interesting. I didn't, I was so reliant on not participating in that, that game that I think I thought I was, uh, um, what is it? What's the word? Uh, separate from it, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And later on it catches up to me and it's like, well, yeah, I, I actually do have to pay my taxes. Uh, and I actually do have to pay rent and my electricity bill and my X, Y, and Z. And I can't skip those and not participate in that or else I won't have electricity or else I'll get, you know, uh, Evicted. IRS fraud or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And it, and, that's a silly example, but I see that in my life of like, man, every single moment of my life is the school. 
And I can be off daydreaming in class and not learning anything and not growing and not expanding my potential. Or I can just be, or I can be in it and I can really vibe with this total opportunity to be human and this total opportunity to be in this classroom and be excited with every twist and turn and up and down and roundabout it has. And, and I have to keep reminding myself, it's not like something that just sits there in my mind all the time of like, Oh yeah, I'm always on this roller coaster and it's fun. And Oh yeah, it's hard now. Okay. You know, I have to continuously bring myself back into this state of like, Oh shit. Okay. Like I'm still here. I'm still doing this thing. Like I gotta, I gotta put my, my pants back on and actually start going forward. Hmm. Yeah. Some of like some of my best teachers in life have been, you know, friends. So my, one of my my best friend in the states, uh, Blake, he's he's a great teacher for me because you know he's not he doesn't do anything with plant medicine anything like that. But he like embodies this embracing of his life as it is, and uh, he basically right now he has three kids, two twin babies that were born during the pandemic. And then like a four year old and him and his wife run this huge, huge business and like their CEOs basically. And they're just like doing it out of their house with two newborn babies and a four year old. And this is how Blake always handles it. He's just like, he's like, he's like, I don't know. I don't know how I do it. I don't, I haven't slept in a week. Like it's fucking sucks. A lot of the time it's so hard. My life feels like groundhog day, same thing every day, but he, without saying it, he just totally embraces and accepts it. Like what else are you going to do? Like, this is my life right now. And he just keeps going. Like he doesn't, he doesn't complain about his circumstances. He doesn't, you know, it sucks sometimes, but he's, He's just, he's just like going head first through life, you know, just, or heart force Just just here I am like, bring it on. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm just going to keep, keep going, you know? And I think there are some people that, that, yeah, I consider teachers and Blake, someone who just has, he's just naturally able to accept and embrace his life as it is. And it's led to a, a beautiful life, you know, and it's not always pretty, but he's able to laugh about it and accept it for what it is. And for me, a lot of my life, I was plagued with FOMO, plagued with regret, plagued with shoulda, woulda, coulda, plagued with my life could be more like that guy's life. Like, why isn't it like that? You know? Um, and, but I see that that started to shift, you know, and this big move here was certainly really helpful in that. And just a reminder and a lesson in teaching me to, to really ex- be embrace my life as it is. Cause it's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> like I really, it's amazing. And so sometimes we just got to think about aliens to get out of our head a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't know if you can hear on your side, but there's a huge thunderstorm that just rolled in. It's really I, beautiful. I hear it really faintly. Yeah. Like, a yeah. Can you turn the camera so I can, I see out what it looks like out there i don't know if you can 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 you see it yeah it's like pretty gray out there wow good Um, on yeah we're in the middle of that rainy season 
Thunder, That's, lightning. I love thunderstorms here. Yeah, they're they're amazing how it echoes through the valley. It's wild. It's like yeah. surround sound lightning storm. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, like we need those those friends in our lives that that help us remember, mm. you know, and and like you're one of those like pushing us to do this podcast when I'm like, fuck man, I'm busy. I, and you're like, no nah, man, we gotta do this. I, I appreciate that. It's like, it helps me to like, we need people to help reset our, our North star compass. Um, you know, Zach is another one that's kind of like Blake where he just, he just does it. There's no hesitation. There's I'm, I'm sure there is maybe mentally that I don't see, but like he's, he's just doing Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is kind of like what was manifest through, wow, this is going to be really loud. Cool. Uh, this, this podcast. And there it is. But it's like, we, we just did it. You know, we don't, we don't necessarily have a plan. We don't really, we don't know where we're going to go. Mm-hmm. We don't. Like we just, we end up in these places that are completely eye-opening for me and heart-opening and mind-opening. And, you know, I, I can't, and I'm so grateful to like the responses that we're getting from our listeners, just the, yeah. the gratitude and the, the people who are enjoying it. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, yeah, we enjoy it just as much as you do. <laughs> yeah. Every time I've said this before, but like, you know, sometimes I get, self-doubt about the podcast or I'll listen to something and I'll just feel, you know, very critical of myself. And oftentimes it's like, as I'm going through that, that somebody will reach out just randomly, uh, either a person I know or a person I don't know, and just to express like how grateful they are for it. So um, that's, that's super, I'm very appreciative of that. And yeah, it's funny, like, treating life, you know, if I can treat all aspects of my life, like I do this podcast with you, which means just go for it and just like dive in and embrace it. And that's really all we can do. And then just put it out there. Like just, yeah, that's it. Go for it and put it out there. That's, that's life in a nutshell. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful to have had those lessons and opportunities to learn that and to sort of move past the old FOMO stage. So <laughs> just really and the friends that like pushed us there, man. Yeah, totally. Just do it. All you have your first cheerleader. As soon as you do it, you know, yeah. it's like you can, and totally. they're like, but, uh, but, and they're like, no, man, you can do it. Just, just stop do saying, it. but you know, <laughs> yeah, all the, everything that's stopping you from doing is just stories. It's just, it yeah. has no bearing on reality. So, we just do yeah. it. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's starting to pour, but we yeah. do have a, a question that came through um, oh, yeah. from Florence. And I'm just going to read it really quick and we will answer it. So uh, talking about spirits of spiders, uh, I can relate to that one time when I was doing Cambo, uh, Cambo ceremony in Peru, looking into my bucket and saw a dead spider, looking as nothing... I had seen before. Uh, I know the Shibibo culture doesn't agree on the frog, which is Cambo. Um, but I was wondering what your opinion on the frog, on the spirit of the frog. 
going through the symbolism of it, I found a passage in the Bible and I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirit, spirits, as it were frogs. Are words to be taken literally? Thank you. So I, I don't know if you want to maybe answer that first from your perspective and from Ernesto's and. Yeah, just, I'm just, you know, reading it again. Um, yeah, I mean, just briefly, like from the lineage that I learned from and my teacher, Ernesto, we never really talked about uh, Cambo because it's just not a part of that lineage. It's not a medicine used in, in, in the tobacco lineage. Um, I know that people work with Cambo for some of the same reasons some people might drink tobacco, which is just for a deep physical energetic release and cleanse and detoxification of the body mind. Um, but beyond that, I mean, all I can say, uh, Florence is our words to be taken literally. I mean, I would say not always, uh, because different traditions will symbolize, you know, different, will have different symbolism, for example, for a frog. And depending on the tradition or the myth that you're dealing with, a frog can be viewed very differently. So in some traditions, it might be viewed as some bad omen, well as, whereas in others, um, it's, it's an agent of transformation or uh, there's just many ways that the frog can manifest. So I don't really have uh, any comment on that. I don't know much about Campbell. I've never had it, um, but I know that the indigenous peoples who work with that medicine totally embrace it. I do know that a lot of people are offering Cambo and it might not always be in the most ethical way, or it might always be held very well, but that's another story. <laughs> so what do you think, man? Uh, yeah. I mean, so from the Shipibo's perspective, they are not big fans of Cambo. Mm -hmm. uh of what it does to the energetic system uh i personally like not as a blanket statement but in the majority of the people i've seen that have taken combo um about 50 50 um some people turn out really well afterwards and again i think that relates to the space that's held and the person holding it and their training and for other people what what i both Saf and i have noticed is that uh, the venom of the Cambo frog doesn't fully leave the body. And so it sits within different parts of the body and actually makes the person really sick afterwards. Uh, and that's something super dangerous because it's, it's venom. It's not, it's, you know, it, you're making your body sick in order for it to, to purge. Mm. That being said, you know, typically within the tribe that, has cambo and uses cambo they used cambo to go out and hunt at night uh it increased their sensitivity to sound and light and, and so forth and so on but we're discovering what it does you know in this age is like it cleans out the lymphatic system by flushing it with a toxin mm -hmm. and so you know i really i never want to say yay or nay on any kind of medicine it's like how does it actually resonate with you and does it is it benefiting you? And that goes the same for, for symbolism and for words, you know, like the symbol of the frog to me, I love frogs. I mean, I used to catch frogs when I was a kid. I, and 
I had pet frogs for a long time. Uh, I never found anything bad about them. And I love their sound. When I have frogs in my little pond here, like that brings a great smile to my face. Um, but frogs, you know, can be negative energy in people at times. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's all context based and, you know, the same thing with words being taken literally, you know, I mean, even the words that Al and I say, or even the words that the president of the United States says, everything that they're saying is coming from a context of understanding that they've developed throughout their time, throughout the age that they're in, throughout uh, their teachers. It's like there's, there's an influence on the symbolism that's within our framework. And in the biblical times, maybe frogs are really bad. Maybe they had huge issues with frogs. And they hid in places and they ruined food or something like that. Um, so I, I, I love the, the Bible, you know, for its parts of light, but it does have a lot of parts of, of shadow. And the shadow is the mental aspect of the people that wrote some of these passages that were, mm. you know, you know, even, I mean, I'm even our podcast, man, some days I say something and I'm like, wow, I really vibe with that. And then the next, yeah. like a week later, I'm like, I wish I never said that. Yeah, like, Imagine writing something down and it's really set in stone there and you can't like reframe it, you know, <laughs> 30 years down yeah. the road. So that's, that's my idea and, and what the should people say too. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks Florence for the, thanks to Florence for the question and uh, great question. Yeah. And listeners, if you uh, join us uh, on our locals page, so beyondwords.locals.com, supporters get to ask questions. So that's one benefit of being a supporter and supporting this podcast. So thank you, Florence, uh, for that. Cool. Well, hey, man, should we wrap this up? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to cut out because of this thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a delay. All right, man. Well, hey, we'll 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 do this again in a week. And uh, yeah, it's great to connect, man. It's really I'm oh, so grateful for this technology that we can do this. If this were ten years ago, this none of this would be possible. So I'm really glad we're living in these times and that we can just eventually we'll just be. This is the first step to interdimensional travel and. Uh, bending space-time. I mean, we're kind of present together in our consciousnesses are are joined. So um, it's only a matter of time before we can be in physically in the same space just through the blink of an eye. So until then, man, we'll just keep using Zoom. And uh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's so amazing seeing you and connecting to you through dimensions. Yeah. And thank you to all of our listeners and supporters. We really appreciate all of you. You really, you, you bring so much light into our lives with your messages and your questions. We're really, really grateful. So thank you. Totally. Thanks everyone. We'll see you next week. Peace out.